Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal, and I'm your host. Today's guest is somebody that uh, I really have found to be not only very educated in the space of education because of her background in higher education, uh, being a dean, teaching, and building up schools. She has also spent time building up a real estate education firm. Uh, She spent time in real estate, but truly her passion is with animals. And Stephanie is somebody that, again, I have found just a great amount of uh, passion and Um, fondness for because of her passion, her desire to be able to help animals, help those people around her, and just build people to become the types of people that they can be. She's had time in wellness. She's had time in just about every industry you could imagine. And she has had great amounts of success in each of her endeavors. So without further ado, Stephanie Kroll, please come out onto the show and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, um, hey, Dave, thanks. That was a really great intro. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I think, it, do I sound like a crazy person or just a person who's done a lot of different things? I'm not Ambitious really Ambitious sure. is what Ambitious. I would say. Okay, great. I feel like I've lived the life of at least five to maybe seven people, um, different careers and things. So I appreciate that. Welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. So tell us about you. I mean, you know, that that intro doesn't really do justice to what you've had, you know, as far as your background goes and what your passion is and what you're currently doing. But tell us about you. God, where do you want me to start? Um, they br- I'll give you the abridged version. Perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, originally I planned on being a veterinarian as a kid and, you know, professionally rode horses and, you know, had a 25 years of professionally riding and medals and awards. But um, for anybody who's in the horse world or animal world, you can't really make a lot of money. You do pay out a lot of money, um, <laughs> you know, unless you're uh, the top jumper in the world and you're, you know, getting the $50,000 purses. And um, we were just not in an area where that really happened a lot. So anyways, my mom forced me to college. Uh, I told her I wanted to be a veterinarian, but I didn't want to go to college. I'm not sure why. I was not a school person. Um, <laughs> as a kid, I wanted to do everything to get out of school all the time because, you know, I'd go ride horses. Um, in 16, I started my first job as a vet tech. So I just wanted to be out doing, working out of school for some reason. Um, so anyways, my career just started as, um, you know, went into psychology, originally planning to be a clinical psychologist. It's a long story, but the program is back in the day. Didn't, um, they didn't allow, like, if you had gone the full five years after your bachelor's degree, then great, you have a doctorate. But if something happened, and I grew up in Michigan, so as you can imagine, there were deer darting off the road constantly. And I was going to go to central Michigan, which was um, an hour and a half away. So I just said to myself, you know, I'm like, geez, I finished my bachelor's in three and a half years, and I was going on to my doctorate. And I said, gosh, what if a deer starts, <laughs> which actually has happened to me, when I was finishing my doctorate, which I finished in education at Wayne State, um, heading out to Detroit, um, 
We did. I did a couple of times. I actually did hit a deer. And uh, so it was, it was a good thought when I was coming out of high school, going into college. I actually did kind of just creamed into my car, didn't really get hurt. <laughs> but then, you know, in Michigan, you're driving 70 and 80 everywhere. Um, so you got to like dodge the deer. Um, and I just thought that it was weird to, you know, I could have put four and a half years in and to come out with nothing better than a, a bachelor's degree just seemed weird. So that's kind of what didn't, I'm really happy I didn't go into psych, you know, psychology at that time because it was always about kind of what's wrong with you. And yeah. now it's from like, let's work from your strengths and let's yeah. help you. So like if I was a psychologist today, like I think it would be really good because um, I'm a really positive person. Um, and uh, I like, like you said, you know, being an educator, you and being a, a dean of schools, you basically lift up families of people and help educate them that were never educated before, especially in for-profit higher education, which is what I was in. And, um, you know, uh, I did my first decades, my first few decades in higher education as a, you know, an educator and a dean and a professor and all that fun stuff. And it was great. And I loved it. And I loved helping people. But the industry did kind of implode a bit. Um, you know, when presidential, one, one president takes over and another, certain things are valued more than others. And at that time, about 10 years ago, um, a lot of the Title IV funding was cut for those students. And I was kind of seeing the writing on the wall and it was imploding. And, you know, my work schedule was 10 to 12 hours a day, six days a week. And so many people around me were sick and high blood pressure and headaches. And I just said, you know, by the time I'm 50, um, I just, I'm an outdoors person. Like I want to be out. I want to be able to go to a football game. I want to, you know, climb to the top row if I have to. Um, I just didn't feel like doing that and beating my head against the wall constantly in a system that really wasn't working very well anymore. I mean, a whole bunch of mom and pop schools have shot up and I did consult for a while and I helped them, you know, work with their title IV funding, get their accreditation because that's what I did for a living. And um, that was great, but I just really wanted um, something a little different. Um, I had gotten a little bit sick myself uh, with all the pressure and the stress. And I had some things happen in my personal life kind of all at once um, and was exposed to a black mold even and um, had some histamine issues. And I went to regular traditional doctors and they just couldn't, they're like, oh, your blood work's perfect. You're perfect. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not perfect. Not perfect. <laughs> I'm trying to yell at my staff at a damn staff meeting, which I didn't do. <laughs> I was a great, I was a great boss. Um, but, you know, I didn't have enough air. Like I was just constantly stuffy and I grew up in a horse barn. Those aren't people aren't supposed to get allergies who grow out with animals. And it's, those are not the people who get allergies. So I'm just like, no, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> you know, when you, you can't take a dog walk with your dog and make it around the block, you know, and you're walking with someone else and you're like half a block, you just, you can't get enough air. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I found a functional medicine doctor and she was kind of a, a converted functional medicine doctor, but um, I started reading and it kind of led me in that direction. And I said, hit me with every test you've got. There's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. Um, and I didn't really pair it up to the heavy stress and I didn't really pair it up to the black mold, but I think that's what really took it over the edge, you know, cause prior to that, I'd never been sick with anything. Um, you know, maybe the flu twice in my life and a couple of colds or something. Um, so I was just, I was really just I didn't know which direction to go. And a regular medical doctor is not going to suggest a functional medicine doctor or an OD, you know, or a, a health coach. I, I don't know why. And I still don't know why. And I've been in the health industry now for over six years. Um, I just think it's strange. And I hope it changes um, because it's not a competition. 
You know, it's um, certain doctors are trained for certain things. If you're a medical doctor or DVM, straight with straight, just that straight training and no additional training. I mean, you have drugs and you can cut people, mm-hmm. <laughs> surgeries and drugs. Yeah, right. Um, and that's just it. You know, there is no health wellness. There's no nutrition. If you were to go pull the the DVM program at Mich- for Michigan State, there's no health wellness or nutrition in that program. It's just straight MD. DVM type of program. And so I'm not sure where it comes from. I, I always sit and kind of ponder like, why do we think medical doctors can fix us and return our health? You know, can they help us? Absolutely. If we break a leg, they can, you know, emergency department said it. If we're having a reaction, they can hit us with a drug. And, and so they're valuable. They do their thing. They do their jobs. Um, but for some reason, I don't know if it's, you know, takes us back to our grandparents. I sometimes think when we see our grandparents in rest homes or things when we're kind of kids and our parents don't want to really tell us what's going on because they don't really, you know, we're kids. Right. And they just say, oh, your, your grandma's going to go to the doctor. She'll be fine. They'll make her better. And I don't know if that's where it comes from. And then, you know, doctors just don't ever say anything else. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if there's some pressure through the curriculum and through their training where they're supposed to just know everything and they can't refer people. Um, but it's weird. Um, and, you know, when you get into the health industry and you really realize how it works and you realize, you know, that we call our healthcare system the United States healthcare, but it's a bare minimum of sick care. Um, before you get to those annual blood tests um, and show up that you're not doing well in an area, the disease process has already taken hold. So that's minimal sick care. Healthcare, you know, is what functional medicine provides, which is what I do um, and health coaching. You know, you can, in a traditional um medical doctor's office, you will just get your blood pulled. They run the serum and whatever it is for that day, you know, is the situation. Um, sometimes they will pull a red blood cell magnesium, which gives you three months. Um, and, um, sometimes that's really all that they can do, but it's only if a situation really warrants it and they really pick up on it. I do cellular blood work. So, um, it tells you, is the nutrition getting to your cells? And if it's not, and you're low in D or you're low in C or whatever, um, you know, we can optimize it. I've got, you know, practitioner supplements and things like that. And we optimize it to your unique body. So, you know, with COVID, everything else around, the really best thing that you can do is optimize your immune system, right? (laughs) It's like a car. You know, if you don't change your oil in your car, it's um, it's eventually going to gum up and also go away. And it's just going to be metal on metal. That's kind of, you know, if we don't give our bodies minimal nutrition that they need. And even now, when you see medical doctors who don't deal with this at all, start to say, you got to get your vitamin C, you got to get your zinc, you got to get your D and things like that, which is now coming out with COVID, you know, whoa, <laughs> you know, right, they're yeah. coming, they're, they're moving over to our side of things, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's, it's, it's all about health and preventing disease, which is what we do. And I reverse disease. My specialty is reversing autoimmune diseases. So things like type two diabetes, high blood pressure, um, things that a typical person who's not trained in this may tell you is not reversible. And it's just a part of aging. And here, take this drug. It's just, uh, we're in the age that just doesn't have to happen anymore. Um, you know, and that's, it's a really cool thing. And so I moved, you know, from all of that, from education into educating people about health. And I mean, it's, I'm still educating people, but in health and wellness and, you know, working nationwide virtually and, um, kind of my dog got sick a couple of years ago, really sick. And they wanted to basically cut out body parts. I went to one of the top 
you know, universities to diagnose him and top specialty teaching schools. And I just, I just knew for him, he's not your normal dog. Um, he's not one that would have tolerated massive surgeries. I just really felt like it would have traumatized him to the point because well, we ended up doing a biopsy and the biopsy traumatized him to the point where his personality had changed for a month. Um, from, so I just knew for him, I just had to restore his health. And so, you know, I went to all the, the best veterinarians. I did what any good responsible pet owner should do. You know, I, I went and I, I, I did my little checkups every year. Now they suggest them twice a year. They're calling them wellness checks, um, which are really not. But, and I did all that. I gave the most organic pet foods, uh, you know, gave him his little doggy supplements, make sure he wasn't nutritionally deficient and, and supplements from like, human providers like Thorn, you know, not, not anything cheaper, right. synthetic. Um, and so, you know, he, uh, he just, he, they wanted to remove his spleen and he had some nodules on his liver and what else did he have? Some fat around his kind of, I guess his in, internal ribcage or something, but they're like, Oh, that's normal. That's just, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Cause when you have a lot of fat storage and things in your body, that's where your toxins are stored, right? So a part of tumor creation, people are always afraid of tumors, but tumors actually, and especially in animals, protect all of the organs so you don't die. <laughs> it yeah. takes all the, right? So often in a lot of dog foods, what's going in there? Fat, skin. So all the tumors from whatever animal that went in there, um, and it's also all the stuff that's rendered from human food that isn't consumable is what goes in there. Um, you know, so you're putting in tumors and you and I were talking earlier, you know, and the FDA just came out, it's the FDA and I'm just quoting them. And they're saying, you know, there's 30 dog foods with phenobarbital, which is, you know, for animals that were put to sleep. So those are in dog food, not supposed to. And the FDA says, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they request that they wouldn't be in there, um, but they're getting in there and, so how, you know, how do you really take care of the health of your pet? <laughs> right. Do it yourself. If you're making their food, you know what's in it. You know you're not running around putting in beaks and feets and phenobarbital and tumors. And, and it's just really sad. Um, and the information's out there. I mean, if you were just to Google what's in dog food or what's allowed in dog food, um, I was reading, uh, I think, like Farmer's Dog or one of the dog foods that kind of make a fresh dog food. They had an amazing article on everything that the FDA allows, the AFFOC, which uh, qualifies dog food. But all of those, they all say they don't qualify it. It's, it's just, it's kind of strange um, to get the endorsement. Everyone, a, a veterinarian typically who's not had any additional training in nutrition will say to you, don't feed raw. It, it, your dog will get um, sick. They'll have to right. go on antibiotics. They'll get salmonella. Um, it, but it's just, I don't know why they say it. It's just not true. I mean, the dog can eat, you know, roadkill, right. <laughs> you know, their bodies are designed to do that. And then they say, oh, dogs have been, um, domesticated, right? So we have to domesticate their diets. But, uh, the truth of the matter is, is dogs are 0.002% biologically the same to wolves, <laughs> So that doesn't just, that doesn't include half of them. And domestication really no, simply, isn't it? Yeah, it's nuts. 
uh, domestication really means, um, you know, maybe like they're in a house and they lead a cush life. I mean, you know, they're not having to run out and eat their food, but they somehow lump it all into genetics, biology. It's not the same thing. No. Um, and so if, if, you know, dogs are 0.002% uh, biologically identical to wolves, why are we feeding them differently? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think you bring up like a ton of just valid points here, right? And I love, again, I love your passion, right? Because you come from this educator background, you've moved into more of the the wellness space and focusing on, you know, the health of, of pets and animals and, you know, people. Mm-hmm. And that's a major transition to shift from just schooling and academics to something in wellness. Yeah. Right. And then you're talking about just basically your journey of how you came to this point. And I think the first thing to note here, right, is it didn't happen overnight. You didn't gain all this knowledge overnight, but you sought it out. You had a sick animal. And so you wanted to figure out a better way to treat that animal. And then one thing led to another. You found this whole other passion for supporting animals and getting into the wellness space. And now you're teaching and taking that skill set you've developed over the last couple of decades and applying it in this sense. So first of all, I have to applaud you for your efforts. That's amazing. And secondly, you know, I mean, going back to pet owners, I've, I've got a dog. I've had dogs growing up my whole life, right? And you're exactly right. I, I don't think we understand. We just feed them food and there's not really regulation on it. Nobody really cares, so to speak, about what the animals are getting. But if we're fueling our bodies, just like your car analogy, if mm-hmm. we're fueling it with bad food, we're going to shut down and we're going to quit working. The same thing with a dog or an other animal. And yeah. so we've got to train um, not only society, but we've got to take matters into our own hands and start doing these things. So, I mean, what is your recommendation going down this rabbit hole here of, of the animal side and even the health and wellness side of humans? But what is your recommendation as far as starting to change those habits and change those diets? Is there, you know, a place you recommend going? Is there resources out there? Like what's available? Absolutely. Um, It's it's kind of funny, all the points that you make, you're absolutely correct of how I kind of took my pattern, you know, towards to where I was going. Um, But, you know, when you end up kind of hitting the ripe old age of 40 and beyond, you know, you kind of, you start to think a little bit differently. Um, And I think a lot of people do. And I think if they're they're in the job that they are passionate about and love, I think they stay there. But if you're not, um, or if the industry's changed, or if you're disenchanted with what you're doing, or if you feel like you could do something better, I mean, it was a combination of all that. Um, so I think you're absolutely correct. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It does take some work. Um, and what I would suggest for, uh, for folks who want to do better or learn more Um, I mean, when the FDA comes out and says pet food isn't actually food, that's why they don't, the the FDA and the the USDA don't qualify pet food. They don't consider it food. Right. They consider it feed, which means all the bio, you know, feats and snouts and pieces and parts. That's, that's why. So, so when your own FDA in the United States doesn't consider any kind of commercialized pet food, actually food. And when you think about fast food, Mm -hmm. right? So I wrote a book to answer your question. I wrote a book about all of this because I just said, you know what? I just feel like my calling, if that's, you know, people say that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know. Is to really just reverse disease 
you know, take dogs out of pain and suffering all around the world. And so when I was able to do that with my dog, I just said, I just feel like it would be wrong, <laughs> you know, not to be able to. Um, and in, in the fact, over the last six months, while I've been waiting for my book to get published, which I'm very cranky about because it's taking longer. <laughs> well, it's hard when you know you've got something written and you yep. know that it can help. What do you do? You're faced with a certain situation when you see a dog out there suffering and you know you can fix it in like five, not five minutes, but if a person yeah, do what you tell them to do, they can get on the path to fixing it. So what do you do? You have to, you know, take a peer's book and recommend it or say nothing yep. or, you know, give some advice, which can never be enough, even in a Facebook group or, you, you, you know, right. you've really got to do a consultation and work with someone. Um, you know, so I've been recommending some of my peers books for the last six months. Um, so it gets a little, it's getting a little irritating. My book should be out next week. Um, awesome. Congratulations. And I won't say that that's thank you. Um, it better be because if not, I'm, I'm going to Oklahoma and I'm going to stand <laughs> over him until it comes out, until he hits the you know go button on Amazon. Um, so, so that's where I would suggest people go in a week, <laughs> go look for my book. Um, and if it's if it's a little longer than that, it won't be too much longer than that because um, I will be going to Oklahoma. That's what it takes. Um, you know, you get to the end and it's, if you, you, you kind of waver, should I pull this and give it to somebody else? Or should I just put, press forward, you know, cause you don't want to yep. waste any more time. And that's just where I'm sitting right now. You're in that waiting period of let's get this up because yep. people like you, we ha I have a five minute conversation. I say things like, you know, if, if a wolf is 0.002% different than a dog, why are we feeding them differently? I don't know. You know, the answer to that really is convenience. Mm -hmm. True. For sure. It's easy. I can go to Costco and pick up my dog food bag and I'm there anyway. So I don't yeah. have to make an extra trip. I don't have to do anything. It's just, it's simple. It's easy. Yep. But then you go to your annual wellness visits with your dog. Cause you want to be a responsible dog owner. Right. Um, and then they back that up. Essentially they back up commercialized dog foods as opposed to raw dog foods, making the dog foods yourself. So, you know, it's actually, I mean, even if you were to go home, and, and, and you're not, you shouldn't cook meat because it's not biologically appropriate for dogs when it's cooked. But even if you did, <laughs> and I'm not suggesting people should do that, they should go, <laughs> they should go the correct way, you know, and go the full correct way. But if for some reason they wanted to take a step down and they just felt better about it because their vet's been really aggressive with them, um, you know, I would suggest a holistic vet too. You know, if you're going to go in this direction, at least uh, partner up with a vet who would you know, promote raw feeding, which holistic vets do just again, same thing with medical doctors, you know, you want to go to the right one to get what you need. Um, so I would suggest that if you're looking to go in that direction, but my book covers everything. I've taken a look at the commercialized pet food industry. I've explained what's in it, uh, the veterinary industry. Um, you know, I'll give you a really great example. This is another thing I tell people and they go, what? Um, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is where I actually take my dog to. I really love that school, um, you know, for really big, I mean, a school that's, you can go to anyone, wherever your state is, you know, they've got a veterinary school. Here's a little, a little tip that people don't know. They're always going to be the cheapest over any vet clinic. Yeah, I didn't know that. Right. And they're also going to have the best te technology because they have to, because they're teaching students. Yeah. Um, and it's, and they get more care, right? Because there's the doctor. And then there's all the students trailing behind, getting mm -hmm. taught whatever they're needing. So that so the dog's going to get a ton more care if they've got something really big going on. 
And then, of course, those are the just about the only places you're going to get an anesthesiologist, you know, in a veterinary clinic. Yeah. They just can't they can't support the money necessarily. Some can. The specialty clinics do have anesthesiologists, but there just aren't even in Illinois around me. I only know of really one. Um, and you pay for it, too. And, and there you pay a lot. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, so, you know, those are little tips and tricks. But I always say, you know, if the University of Wisconsin, which a few years ago, I don't know, I want to say three to five years, came out with a study. And here's the study. They took, you know, dogs uh, who got their first round of vaccines and they didn't vaccinate. They titered. Are you familiar right. with what titers are? Just a blood uh, test? No. So when we get our vaccines or whatever, kids, measles, mumps, rubella, whatever you're getting, um, you could, in theory, titer to see if you've got immunity. Um, and if you do, you wouldn't vaccinate. You got the immunity. Why are you vaccinating? Right. So the University of Wisconsin said, we're going to do the same thing to see if we're over, over vaccinating dogs because they give the same injection to a chihuahua that they do to a Great Dane. You got to think, too, that there's problems with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you take a tighter uh, blood test and they tell you if you've got antibodies to it. And so what, what they found was uh, after that first year of adult vaccines, the dogs that they studied, which were a lot of them, uh, didn't need vaccines until eight to 10 years old. So nothing, one year, nothing until eight to 10 years old, if ever, for the rest of their lives. Jeez. So I don't know why. I mean, if, if you're a veterinarian, I would say doesn't tighter. <laughs> That's yeah. a really good indication that it's just a money-making situation. Things like heartworm medication, they have a 90% markup. And if you just Google any of that, it's the research is just out there. I'm not saying anything like shocking. I mean, it is shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. Like, but you, you, I mean, it's right why there. would you look at it? Because that's what you know. That's what you're told, right? Right. And, and traditional veterinarians who don't have any nutrition training or they're not holistic, they get their training from just like the drug companies, right? Just like regular medical doctors. They get their training about the drug from the drug rep. Well, this is the same thing. If you go, you know, Hills or you know, people kind of think in their head, oh, I'm going to get a science diet or Hills. Oh, those are the best. Those are the best, most formulated for my dog's specific needs. Well, that's where your veterinarian's training comes from. Those mm -hmm. people that sell the product. Crazy. So, and then they, you know, don't have any knowledge on raw food unless they're trained specifically in that area, which, right. you know, like 90% aren't. But I think there's more and more now they're realizing their practices are shifting just as the baby boomers come out now and they don't want to be sick. They don't want to be on drugs. They yeah. want to be out traveling. They don't want to have high blood pressure. They don't want to have type two diabetes. Type two diabetes is a situation where you eat yourself in and you can eat yourself out. It's, it's such a strange situation where people think that there's no help for them or no help. And there really is. Um, and so my book covers that. My book is an explanation of kind of the community for pets, but it's really through a functional medicine lens. I keep it, not technically, you know, but very straightforward, very easy to understand as a good resource. And each chapter in itself is like a resource. So you could just like, if you've got questions about titers, you could just flip to that area. So it's a quick resource manual too. And um, it explains, you know, Hey, when you go to McDonald's, you know, your French fries are like, not actually really French fries. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure we've all seen that pink sludge and those things for chicken McNuggets. Oh yeah. You know, and is the there's an article, is the McRib actually meat? <laughs> there's yep. I mean, 
I don't want to poo poo that, but it's like, you know, I read somewhere there's 115 chemicals in a McDonald's fry or something, but that was a oh long, that was like 10 years ago. I haven't eaten fast food in 13 years. Um, so <laughs> when I read the article, yeah, yeah, seriously, like, how can you, how can you unknow what you know? Like if you know that your food's not actually food and it's chemicals, I mean, if you eat a process, you go in and you get processed food that are things in boxes you know, things in cans process, you just, you don't know what's in it. If yeah. you go pick an apple off of a tree, you, you know, what's in it. Yep. Right. Um, there's crazy things. There's, there's just, there's so many things when you start to just have, you know, like say, I'll, I'm going to be aware of this and I'm just going to listen to this stuff that it just starts coming up. And um, so that's, that's what I would suggest. If you want to, you know, transition yourself through a holistic vet, do that. Uh, get my book. Um, what's the name of your book? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. We've changed the cover. I was just thinking to myself, boy, <laughs> he's going to ask me what my title is. Um, it's what the pet food industry is not telling you. Um, and there's the last part of it. It's um, how to how to make your dog healthy and you know be, you know become more healthy or something like that. Um, we changed the title a few times. And I just don't have that last part memorized. But if you type in the, you know, my name in the yeah, first part, the book's going to pop up. Um, but I, just think I knew I knew you were going to ask me that. And I said, I'm not going to be able to get around. And I was over here trying to, you know, do no, my phone. You're, you're totally fine. Well, this this episode will come out in a week or two. So um, oh, perfect. Yeah. So it should be perfect. I'll just have the Amazon link in there and it'll work out perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Delay me a little. Yep. Um, perfect. So I've got two more questions for you as we're coming close on time here. Um, the first one is, you know, I think your story really pinpoints what it's like to follow your passion and and creating a business out of what your passion is. Um, what advice would you give to that note, right? Somebody starting out and they're trying to figure out what to do. I mean, you're a person that's very versed in lots of different areas. Um, but somebody starting out and trying to figure out, well, what's my passion? I want to start a business. I want to do something. What would your advice be to them? Um, I think your passion is what you always did and maybe what you don't have time for now as an adult. Yeah. I think, I think maybe if you look there, um, you know, what you did as a kid and what you ran out of school that you love to do, whatever that is. I mean, you know, that could be God, it could be, you know, painting for some people that could be, you know, fun stuff. I just think if you can have fun and, you know, someone who had eight years of education and degrees <laughs> and is still not stopped, you know, cause I, I did go in and this would be the other part of what I would say. I would say that's where a good place to, to see where you might find your passion. Um, but it's really, it's really in, and I tell this for my health and wellness coaching, um, when I changed my career, I think it's important when you're going to change a career. Cause for me, you know, two decades being a Dean of school, you know, I had, I had recruiters. I mean, I was, if you are ethical, um, in that industry, you know, cause you can pad numbers and do some things and people get fired for that. And I'd go in and I go in and fix the school that had that happen. They'd hire somebody new. Then I train them and then I put them back in their school. Um, you're in demand. And yeah. so when you've, when you've been in demand and you've developed a career and you've developed the respect for 20 years plus, um, and you want to start something new for me, I was just like, oh my God, it would, it felt for me, like if I didn't come in strong, I didn't want to rebuild and start over. Um, 
And I don't know, maybe most people don't care about that. I, I just did just because of the career that I was in. Um, so I, I would suggest also getting certified. You know, there isn't, if you're really passionate about something, you got to back it up with the knowledge. Um, and yes, I agree. People can, you know, be knowledge seekers themselves and they can read books. And I did all of that. Um, but when you're sitting in front of someone like this and they go, you know, or, you know, you're selling your book or whatever. And someone says, well, what credentials do you have that make you an expert in this? You know, yeah. and I could, my answer could be, you know, what, 20 years of experience, you know, over 43, almost with dogs and horses and, you know, but it just, it just seems a little light if you don't hear that credential for people. Um, and maybe that's me and maybe that's not doesn't exist for other people, but if you're passionate about it, it shouldn't be problem. Well, yeah, because you love the knowledge and the learning base and really it just, it's, it's the, the cherry on top to the journey of seeking out and developing that passion more, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know what? You're, you're dropping into a field and you've got to stay up with the latest and greatest. And if you don't go to the pros who are training these things, you can still miss the latest and the greatest. Even, and even yeah. you know, I just, like I was telling you, I read an FDA like quote on dog food and what they actually turned. And I was like, Oh my God, I've never read that before. And I've had schooling and I've had years of reading this stuff. And this is the first time I've run across this. So when you go to a school, you get a certification, you're getting the latest. If you're going to a good school, which you should go to a really good school. When I got my certification in health and wellness coaching, I knew I wanted to be certified. I didn't want to just go get it. Um, I went to well coaches. They're attached to Harvard. They use the educational psychology program and their health and wellness coaching. I just didn't want to start over. Yep. If you tell people you went to a program that's you know sponsored and they use the book from that program in Harvard's educational psychology class, you know, you're good. <laughs> you should yeah. be good. I mean, if you, if you glean the knowledge and you put in the work and the time, you should be good. Um, and then I went to the School of Applied Functional Medicine, um, which is, unless I had an MD, I, I, would, I wasn't allowed in the international school, which has really ticked me off because I'm like, I have a doctorate. You know, if you have right. a doctorate and you know you want to do something, you know you want to do that. Right. Now, you want to give me a catch-up class, like a biology class or something, because you just feel like I might be a little light on that. Cool. You know, but um, I think you should be able to, to, to get into those things. But anyways, I went to the very second best and she went to that school. So I have all the training that medical doctors have that I can look at all the blood work and I can order all the blood work um, that regular medical doctors can. So I would just say, if you're going to do it, you love it. You're passionate about it. Get the credentials behind it. Get the latest and not necessarily to get the credential because I'm not like a credential person. There's a lot of educated fools out there, you know, yep. Um, yep. but the, po the point is, is to get the latest in your field so you can be the expert, right? Because this is for your passion. You want to be the best that you can be at it. So that's, that's what I would suggest. Um, it's just kind of starting there and putting in the time and, you know, definitely also build the things around you. You know, like yep. my, like my website in particular, I use it for my clients. So all the products that I use, all the products that I use for my clients when I'm reversing autoimmune diseases um, and all my dog stuff that I have on there um, is all stuff that I use. Um, and so if they're getting me, they're getting everything, <laughs> everything. And, you know, and I'm a major researcher um, and just because when you're at that level of education, you know, like I had six courses yep. in that. For my doctorate like so you're a researcher um which is great because that means i know how to find you know research that's legit pubmed the doctors see that's not you know just because people people look at you know i'm not, not poo-pooing wikipedia because they're pretty good um but you know what i mean it's not a pubmed so 
you know, I'm looking at like, um, like different, uh, you know, tests and things that have been done and stuff like that. Um, so that's what I would suggest. I would say, you know, look for your passion and, and where you don't have time for things. And you're always like, God, I wish I could do this. Or I wish I could do that. Or remember when I started doing this and then I had to grow up and, and, that, and that's just, that's just what I was saying to you. Like, I just never thought that I'd be able to do this. You know, when I realized this could be a thing I ran, I got my certification, um, and raw dog food, nutri- is a do- raw dog food, nutritional, nutritional specialist. And, um, that's right there. This was one of the hardest certificates. Now, this is someone who has a doctorate. But this person who wrote this program had a DVM and a PhD. The average Jeez. pass rate was a 68%. And I, you know, here I am, just like I was telling you, maybe I shouldn't say this, unless I might discourage people, but <laughs> I wanted to have fun. You know, I felt like I was in my thing and I felt like, you know, being a vet tech, you know, being in the horse industry, I just felt like I would know a lot of it. You know, but when you're calculating nutrition off the USDA, you know, organic website and making sure meals and things are balanced and it's a lot. I mean, they have every, you know, zinc, potassium, they have like every little thing. If you go to the guide from the USDA of what's in like a piece of chicken, one piece, two ounces, five ounces. Um, It's a very shockingly detailed thing. So, you know, when when people say, oh, it's not balanced or, oh, your dog's going to be deficient. Um, the deficiencies come from the quality of feed. You know, if you're feeding organic grass fed, grass finished, yep. you're not going to have deficiencies. If you're feeding things from a feedlot that have like no sun and they're locked in. Yeah. That's, that's where nutritional deficiencies come in. It's not from not having a balanced meal because even the AF, what is it? AAFCO, um, which is the organization that, you know, certifies dog food, but they say they don't certify dog food. So I don't really get it. It's all dry dog food, right? Because commercialized pet food is dry dog food, 90% of it. Yeah, you got a couple of canned food things here, but 90% of it's dry. So they don't even really certify, even though they don't certify wet food. Yep. So if you're making a raw diet, whether it's prey model or barf or any of those raw diets, <laughs> that's why they're not certified. And then people are, and then that a veterinarian will tell you, well, they're not certified. You're going to have nutrient nutritional deficiencies. And that's, I'm hoping just a lack of knowledge. Right. Um, I hope because you really want to believe whether it's your own medical health. I mean, I, I call myself a health advocate too. You know, I fight for people with their doctors. And most recently I had to fight for my mom, you know, who's on Medicare to get an appointment because her doctor transferred from one group out of another still under her insurance plan, but they didn't want to refer out of their practice. So they're playing politics with my mom's health. It's crazy. That, not acceptable to me. You know, when you're older and you found a doctor you feel comfortable with, and even if you need a surgery, you've really got to pick the right doctor these days, or you can really end up in a problem. And I think people should be just as choosy with their vet if they need one. You know, I mean, go, go to doctors when you need to go, you know, when you break yeah. a leg, <laughs> go, to a doctor. go to, you know, go to, if blood's coming out, you know, you need to go to a doctor. But as far as, you know, if you're eating a healthy diet, if you're exercising, if you're sleeping properly and you're taking care and you're making sure you're optimizing your nutrition, I would get that blood work, you know, to optimize your health. If there's a difference between paying for a doctor visit and taking one test where somebody can come into your home, draw your blood, which is the people that I work with nationwide. You don't even have to go in or you can go to your doctor and you can just say, Hey, I need a complimentary blood pull put it in the little box and drop it off on FedEx on your way home. It's really not 
it's really not hard. Um, and if you can optimize your body, it's really the best way to stay healthy, you know, rather than depend on vaccines. I mean, even the flu vaccine, some years it's only 35% effective if they choose the right version for that right. year. People just think it, it's, you know, it, it varies. It's vaccine, it works. Yeah, it vacillates between 35 and 65%. And now, you know, the new COVID vaccines are just an mRNA. It's just a totally new, you know, you get that vaccine, you can still get it and you can still transfer it. So that's just one I don't, I can't really count. I'm just, I'm a very like black and white logical research person. And if I, if I can't make it make sense, I just, um, I don't know, we, we live in a really crazy world and it's really hard for people to make decisions right now about what's really best for them. Um, they just have to hope they did the best and, you know, watch out for any reactions and things like that, be aware of them mm -hmm. so they don't miss something. Um, so, you know, it, it's just crazy, crazy world. It is. And I think this, this brings us to the best uh, transition to the last question. Um, this is one of my favorites. I ask it every episode. And the question is essentially, if you were given one day to live, Ooh. what would be the advice you'd leave or the legacy you'd leave with family, friends, clients? What would that wisdom be that you'd leave behind? So like knowledge that I would leave behind with them? Knowledge, wisdom, saying something, something you've learned, hmm. anything. Gosh. Um well, because of my dog, I do have a will that's very, very descript of, you know, <laughs> how he needs to eat and how things need to be prepared. And, you know, I mean, you never know, especially, especially with the advent of COVID, you really should, because you just, you in theory, you, in theory, you should be fine. But then you see those cases where people, something happens and it really shouldn't. Um, so it's just, again, prepared, be prepared. And then when things do happen, it's good. But I guess, so, so a lot of what I would leave behind is make sure you do this for my dog. Make sure you do this, make sure you do this, make sure you do this, and you know, make sure all this money is put aside for him. Um, but once I probably got through all of that, I don't know what advice I would just say, you know, why are we on the earth? Right. Somebody told me one time that we're here to learn as much as we can to propel the next race forward. You know, when you get over 40, you start asking these questions of why are we really here? And if I work my ass off today, um, does that really matter? Mm. <laughs> you know, and someone who's like me has spent their nose working. I worked three jobs through college. Um, so, you know, and then I went to college full time and there's not a lot of time in between that to do much. Um, so, you know, you finally look up one day, you know, there are, you know, if, if you work, 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 and you finally look up one day, I would say balance is key. If you want to live a good life and be happy, enjoy what you have and live a balanced life. Because if you're stressing yourself out every day or you're not paying attention to what's around you, you're gonna miss life. And then you're just gonna end up in the ground and you didn't do anything. Um, and that's really, your question actually is a, is a part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. I just feel like when I look around the world, there's a lot of beautiful things. I'm an outdoors person. So I find the beauty in the grass and the trees. And in Illinois, it's very green, especially during our rainy season. Um, there's a lot of great golf courses and, you know, preserves and wetlands. And I, I love all that. So I find beauty in that. But I also find beauty in architecture too, which is the real estate side of things and the creativity and the design. Um, so I would just say, you know, kind of look at as many beautiful things as you can and don't forget to pick your head up, you know, while you're working. Um, and I know a lot of people define themselves by their work. And I did too, until I didn't do it anymore. 
Um, so I just think it's something to like think about for people. Um, then I would also say, uh, just do what you're passionate about. You know, that old saying, if you do what you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. I mean, it's true to an extent. I mean, it's still, and probably work, honestly, right? it's probably a hell of a lot more work <laughs> than going to a job nine to five, clocking out and not having to think about anything else. But, you know, when you feel like, like I do, and you look at all the people and the humans and the other things on the planet and the animals and whatever else is on the planet, I just feel like dogs are a, um, pretty much everyone has one and their entire life is, a, you know, revolves around us. So, I mean, that's why they're so happy to see us because they've been sitting home alone all day by themselves. That's why they love us. So they're like, ah, you know, and if, if we're not paying attention and they need to go outside, they can't go. They can't just let themselves out. You know, if we're putting like fertilizer in the backyard, we are killing them, you know? So um, it's just one other way to make them toxic. I mean, it's not just to dump and kill them, but you know, you've got to like be aware of what you're doing um, to them because you're their whole world. And no matter what you do to them, they just, they love you and they're happy. And uh, there's so much joy a dog brings into, and I can't think of, I mean, even people get on our nerves, right? Even if they bring us a little joy, it's kind of up, up and down. <laughs> a dog is always in constant. Yep. You know, they're never not happy. They're, they never don't love you. And, you you know, even if you're fertilizing that backyard, they're still going out happy, yep. silently killing them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so I just think out of all the beings on Earth, like dogs are just amazing. It's, a, it's amazing how they were put on Earth and how they were made. And um, I just think they... They also, unfortunately, sit in silent pain um, mm. because they're biologically predisposed to not show pain and weakness. Um, so they can be in pain and we don't even know it, especially from things like teeth. Um, so you want to make sure your dog's teeth are impeccable. Um, so, you know, and just for humans, too, I mean, there's gobs of research out that if we have, you know, <laughs> bad teeth, you know, um, weak areas in our teeth leaking into our bloodstream and things. It's not, you know, the metals, it's just not, it can create autoimmune diseases. Actually. It's one of the things that can create it. So you don't want, you just, you don't want bad teeth. And if you can see a biological dentist, I'm all for that. Um, but you know, it's just, uh, it's just, they're just amazing. I can't say enough about dogs. They bring me such joy and for very little effort. So if you can learn, how to not make them toxic, how to take care of them, how to prolong their life and how to not see them break out in gobs of tumors and, you know, before they die. So they can, so we all, I mean, that's why I'm really in the health business so that I can help people, you know, regain their health and wellness so they can live as whatever they've got of their life left, you know, in the best way that they possibly can. So I restore their health so that they can do that. And I do the same for dogs. And um, I just think it's a pretty great thing. I feel good about it. I feel like I'm doing a good thing. I feel like um, that's my legacy to your, yep. to your question. Um, you know, and I, and I have, I mean, I've given back my whole life as an educator, you know, I'm helping people rise as the first educated in their family puts them into a whole nother means, whether it's financially or, or whatever. Um, but I really wanted to do it the next, the last half of my life, you yep. know, in a way that I really am passionate about. And I feel like I'm maybe doing what I was supposed to do or why I was put here. Or I don't know. I, you know, those things are all very hard to think about 
when you uh they are but i think i mean i think you you're on the right track right you're fo- you are following your passion you can tell just by listening to your story that you love the journey you're on you love what your work is about right now and yeah. you know i think that advice is sound advice i think it's awesome well there's there's what people think you should do what you think you should do what your parents think you should do and that doesn't always line up yep you know um and if you can just do what you need to do. I don't see how you won't be successful somehow, you yep. know, cause you'll make, you'll make it. So. Yep. No, I totally agree. Well, Stephanie, this has been an awesome episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, I know our listeners are going to love this, especially the pet owners out there. Um, this is definitely insightful. There's lots to take in. Um, and you know, I just, myself, I I'm excited to get your book and read it and, uh, take care of my dog to the, to the next level. Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you and connect with you and, or check out your website, what, uh, what's the best way to do that? It's on wellnessandhealthnow.com. Easy enough. It's really easy. All my contact information is on there for dogs, for people. It's, you know, I, I do health and wellness for people and pets. And that's just what I say. (laughs) I love it. And you can find me everywhere. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn. I have business Facebook pages. All you have to put in is Dr. Stephanie or dog health and wellness that will cover my dog page. I'm a really easy person to find if you, you know, just put my name in. So, um, so yeah, people will find me. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much. And uh, everybody out there, remember to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result driven action. Make it a fantastic day. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.